Hello there. You are listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and pioneer route. Today's episode is number 67, and it's seven herbs for natural remedies your grandparents or great-grandparents used. So using herbs for homemade remedies has fascinated me in like forever. (laughs) There is nothing more cool in my book than being able to go out into God's creation, into nature, and picking and harvesting a plant that can help you with a common ailment. And I have to just give you a little warning here. Once you start learning about herbs and natural remedies... You will never venture out into your yard or go on a nature walk or a hike in quite the same way. You're going to constantly be looking at the plants and identifying them, and you'll most likely get your friends and family involved too. So I give you fair warning, using herbs and natural remedies is slightly addicting and likely to rub off on others, (laughs) but it's a good thing. So I do want to talk for just a second about using herbs. So when I first got into more natural remedies, I kind of had this misconception that if it's natural, it's safe. And that is not necessarily true. I do believe that natural remedies are many times safer than pharmaceutical counterparts. I prefer to use natural remedies when the situation warns it. But not all natural remedies are safe for every person or every situation. And we really need to understand for ourselves how an herb or an essential oil, how it works, what its dangers are, what its side effects are, and when we need to use it with caution. Because these things do exist even with natural remedies and herbs. Now, I don't say this to scare any of you away or turn you off from using natural medicine, not in the least, but we have to be responsible when we're using herbs and nature as our medicine chest. So I just want to put that out there. And I am not a doctor, and you do full disclosure here, I am not a doctor. So anything that you read in on my website or here on the podcast. It's not meant to be a diagnosis for you or a treatment plan or anything like that, just so we're clear. I believe that with modern and holistic natural medicine, that each person has to be responsible for what they use, and we all have to do our own due diligence. So when I was dealing with our thyroid issues that I had and adrenal gland things that I was just recently diagnosed with. I talked about my treatment plan with my doctor. I talked about it with my naturopath. I talked about it with my pharmacist, who also happens to be my boss in my day job because I am a pharmacy technician. So that made it a little bit easier to talk with them. Um, And then I did further research on my own online with articles and in books. So I really recommend that you do the same, uh, no matter what you're dealing with with your health. And no matter if you're using modern medicine or using a holistic medicine or a combination of both, which is I kind of think is the really the best way to go and the way that we treat um, and deal with health things in our home is I use natural when possible or when it warrants it. And when not, then I am totally a fan of modern medicine. So I really don't like it when people think that it has to be one or the other, because I think that we are so blessed to live in a time period um, that we have the benefits of modern medicine available to us. So just put that out there. (laughs) Okay. So we are going to, now that we have that part taken care of, let's dive into herbs. So I am really excited because these are seven herbs that I think that you would benefit from to have in your natural remedy 
little closet, so to speak. And the first one that we're going to talk about, the first herb is calendula. And I have to confess, I mispronounced this for the first few months after I discovered this beautiful little herb. So um, I, I'm trying to remember how I, ac- I had to actually practice to say it correctly. You're going to laugh, uh, but that's true. <laughs> and so I think I actually pronounced it, I mispronounced it calendula, I believe is how I was saying it for a few times. And then bless this lovely, lovely woman at church. We were talking about natural remedies because she's a fan like I am. In fact, she makes herbal things all the time. So I, I talk with her quite frequently and pick her brain. And she didn't even tell me I was mispronouncing it. She just pronounced it the correct way. And I'm like, oh, that's how you say that. So don't worry if you don't get the pronunciations right all the time. We, we learn as we go. Okay. We're all a work in progress. So the correct pronunciation though is calendula. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful all-around herb. It's a flower actually. And it's great for the skin. And I, it's kind of an all-around workhorse. You'll find a lot of herbs, not all of them, but many of them will work for different ailments. So you can use them for different things, which is really nice. So Calenda calendula has anti-inflammatory and antiseptic properties to it. So this makes it a great candidate for multi- multiple skin issues and also for wound care. And it smells really good, which is a big plus for me because if something stinks, I have to really be in trouble in order to use it if I think that it smells or I don't like the way that it sounds. And calendula also has a history as a dye due to its really pretty orange blossoms. And it is related to marigold, but just any marigold flower is not going to have the same properties to it. So just so you know that. Calendula is considered a gentle herb. So you'll find it listed if you search through the natural um, health section at your pharmacy or local health food or co-op or anything like that. And you start to look at the natural products, especially for children's and infants or any kind of soothing type thing, you will see a lot of times that calendula is listed in the ingredient. So it's one of the more gentle herbs, which is a really good place to start. In fact, I infuse oil with calendula blossoms to make a homemade soothing salve. And that salve actually is featured in my new book, which is called The Made from Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home that releases February 1st. So it's not out yet, but you can pre-order your copy now. So the listing just went up on Amazon so you can get your pre-order in. And if you do... Just know that I'm going to have some very special, awesome, fun bonuses for anybody who pre-orders my book. So if you get your pre-order in now, um, I will have on the website where you can shoot me that and to make sure that you get all of the awesome freebies that are going to be coming your way. So just a heads up, it doesn't re- it's not released yet. Uh, and that brings me to a little housekeeping before we get further into this episode. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, welcome! I am so excited to have you join me. And I have on the my website, which is melissacanoris.com, you can go there and click on the podcast button, which is up on the right-hand side of the screen on the homepage. And all of the episodes are listed there, and they all have full-on blog post um, transcriptions to the episode. So anything that I'm talking about, or if you prefer to read it, or you want to share it, and you don't have audio capabilities, whatever it is, you can go there and grab all the links to everything that I'm talking about. And the other big bonus to that is in the comment section, my readers and listeners, and now that you are one of them, 
are the best out there because you guys are a wealth of information too. And so in the comments section, you guys will leave comments and tips that are just fabulous and that I use. And we get to share that knowledge with each other, which is wonderful. And I'm just so proud that that happens. So you can check out that, leave comments and gain wisdom from the other comments there as well. So this is episode number 67, which is seven herbs you need in your natural remedies that your great grandparents might have used. Calendula is also part of the, and talking about mispronunciation, so bear with me on this one. Asteraceae family. Oh, I did it. Okay. So obviously, if you have allergies to marigolds or any plants in the Asteraceae or Asteraceae family, then you're most likely going to be allergic to calendula. And so obviously that's not going to be an option for you. And so anytime that we're dealing with plants and herbs, actually anything in life, foods as well, you can have allergic reaction to them. So some really good wisdom that I learned in a e-course and I've seen from other people as well with herbs is if it's your first time, this works is true also with foraging as well. But if it's your first time trying something is to just use a small amount and test it. So if you're using it on your skin, you would take a small area of skin and do a little like a patch test where you would just put it on a small area and leave it overnight or at least a few hours to make sure you don't have a reaction first. And the same thing would be with herbs. So if it's your first time using that herb or, you know, you don't know if you're allergic to it, just use a tiny little baby amount and test it out first to make sure that you don't have any kind of reaction. So that is, I just want to, you know, super important. So make sure that you do that. Now, I didn't do not have calendula growing in my garden this year. So I actually purchased dried blossoms from Mountain Rose Herbs, who is an affiliate of ours. And I love the company. They're out of Oregon, which is woohoo. Shout out to my Pacific Northwest peeps because um, I'm up here in Washington State. And they're organic and responsibly harvest, non-GMO, just a really fabulous company. And so I really always like to support small companies when I can. So I have a link to them. And I get a lot of the herbs. If I'm not growing them myself, then I will purchase them through them. They have some great bulk um, options and prices, better than what I found um, almost anywhere else. So I do get a lot from them. But I do plan also on growing calendula this coming year in the garden. And does anyone else just love that? The things that are beautiful and functional? So I really like to have a beautiful flower garden. And when I can go out to said flower garden and then harvest things to put in my medicine chest, win-win. Love it. So number two herb on our list, and I'm sure this one will not surprise you at all, is lavender. So lavender is probably one of the most common and widespread known herbs for its calming and soothing properties. And I have to tell you this, I used to hate the smell of lavender. So I would like wrinkle, turn up my nose at the same time, like But I think that that was because it was always, must have been to products that were scented to smell like lavender and they use synthetic lavender because when I first purchased my very first essential oils kit, lavender actually surprisingly was one of my favorites. And every night I put a few drops of lavender essential oil on my pillow when I go to bed. And now I love it. I think it is a fabulous smell. So I believe that it was to synthetics that I apparently had the scent issue with because I don't with real lavender. 
Um, I make lavender sachets for my husband's truck instead of having, you know, the perfumed fake, which give me a headache. I don't know about anybody else, but you know, the air fresheners, the little um, thingies, you know, you can hang them or put them on your vents, hang them from the rearview mirror of your car. Those things, even if I like the smell, give me the worst headache. I cannot stand to ride in a rig that has those in them. So I don't use them because they, bleh. so, um, we're, I'm gra- growing lavender now. And then I had a girlfriend who was so sweet and gave me a whole bunch of dried lavender she harvested from her garden. So I make sachets. I actually just had a really old pair of sweatpants. You guys know I'm a big fan of reusing things. And so I had a pair of sweatpants from <laughs> when I was in high school. So let's just say that I got my use out of those babies. <laughs> like a lot of use um, to have of this many years. And they finally just got to the point where they were no longer wearable. They were um, parts of them. Had, the fabric was so thin. So anyways, I had this dried lavender. And so I just used some of the, that fabric because it was thin enough that the lavender scent would could come through it, but contain it because I didn't want dried lavender buds like all over my husband's truck and he didn't either. <laughs> so I just made up some little sachets, just hand sewn, whipped them up real quick put dried lavender in him and then he sets him over the vents so that when he has the air blowing or the heater then um it releases that lavender scent so that's just a great little diy thing that i we do with lavender and i just keep kind of dried bunches of it around the house especially in the bedrooms because that's obviously um we want that to be a calming place (laughs) and lavender also works well to help soothe the skin and it's often used in different preparations for burn relief and pain relief And I love to use lavender in, I have a do-it-yourself herbal face scrub and mask that I use. And that actually is a full-on tutorial and the recipe is up on the blog. So if you go to the show notes, you can click on the link to get that. So I kind of use, lavender is one of my all-around things too. Between the essential oil and the herb, I use it quite a bit. And the number three herb on our list that I have coming up here is echinacea. And echinacea is one of the herbs that I use every week once my kids start back to school and then cough and cold and flu season go into overdrive. And that's especially because not just that my kids are in public school and we all know how that goes. (laughs) Lots of germs come home then. But my in my day job, I am a pharmacy technician. And so I am in constant contact with sick people. It's just kind of part of the territory, part of the job. And so I specifically personally love, I have a tea blend from traditional medicine teas that I use and I started using that, oh, it's been a number of years ago now. I don't remember how many years, but I don't use it every day, but I usually use it at least a few nights a week, especially if I feel kind of run down that day or, you know, sometimes you don't actually have a full on cold yet, but you almost, you could kind of feel it coming on. That's, those are the evenings when I will blend up this tea and drink it. So I, like I said, I don't use it every day and most herbs, I don't think you probably should use every day. Um, but I do use it when I feel like my immune system needs a little kick in the pants, so to speak. (laughs) Um, in fact, it's kind of funny because one of my coworkers asked, she's like, how come you never get sick? And so I shared a bag of this tea with her and I'm like, well, I, you know, try to use a lot of immune supporting, um, remedies and echinacea is definitely one of those for me that I use personally. So you can use it in a tea, and I link to that tea blend that I really like. But you can also purchase it in capsule form, and I have it in both in my cupboard. So if I, you know, can't get to the tea or don't want to do the tea, then I'll just go ahead and use the capsule form. And my husband does not like tea. He is not a tea drinker by any means. So I have the capsules for him. So just your personal preference there. 
Um, and echinacea, if you haven't guessed it, is used for its ability to help support your immune system. And like calendula, echinacea is also related to the Asteraceae family. So again, beware of allergies. And number four on our list is peppermint. Peppermint is a wildly prolific plant. Um, it's most well suited to a container. Just trust me on this. And let you, unless you want mint plants gone wild all over your homestead and your yard and your garden, because um, it's quite invasive, which is great if you want a lot of it. But most people don't really quite. And um, if you have a brown thumb, mint is great because it's really super hard to kill. <laughs> and most people don't realize that unless they plant it and then it just starts to spread like crazy. It sends out runners. So it grows very well and can become a big patch, but most people don't like it to grow as well as it likes to grow. So if you put it in a container garden, it does very well. And most people, if they didn't start it in a container garden, will move that route and wish they had if they can't eradicate it. <laughs> so just so you know, put it in a container. Um, it Peppermint tastes great. I will take a few leaves. And when you're using the fresh leaf, you want to bruise it. And so all that means is you just take the leaf and put it between your fingers and kind of rub it back and forth so that you kind of crush that fresh leaf up a little bit. And that helps release the oils in the leaf. And that's where all of the properties of the plant really reside, at least with peppermint, is in the leaf. So I just will take a few leaves and bruise them and toss them in my water bottle for a little flavor pick-me-up because I don't drink soda pop um, or soda or fruit juice. I'm not, um, it's pretty much water. I am a coffee girl though. I cannot give up my coffee just so you know, (laughs) but I try to keep that to a minimum as well. So throughout the day, sometimes you just get tired of water day in and day out. And so I will take a couple peppermint leaves and just bruise them and toss them in my water bottle on my way out the door to work, um, and drink that throughout the day. And it just gives it a nice little flavor boost. So that's one of my little fun tips there. Peppermint is known for helping to soothe upset tummies and to help support bowel function. I know, the stuff we talk about on here, right? But true, so that's okay. (laughs) Peppermint is known for its use with stomach issues, but, and I learned this because I used to have really bad acid reflux. Um, Actually, that was the health scare because I had to go in and get my esophagus and my stomach biopsied um, that really, really propelled propelled me down the path to... um, getting away from processed foods and getting back to the way that we ate, the way our great-grandparents lived off the land without a lot of chemical processed ick. So if you have GERD or acid reflux, peppermint can actually help the sphincter muscle. It relaxes that, and that's the muscle between your esophagus and your stomach. So if that muscle becomes relaxed, then the acid from your stomach can climb up to the esophagus, which makes those heartburn symptoms way, way worse. So if you have greater acid reflux, you might not want to use peppermint. So it's really important to, like I said, dive into an herb before you start using it and really do some studies on it and find out what all it does. Because you, a lot of people would assume, you know, heartburn can be a acid um, a stomach issue. And so, oh, well, peppermint's good for helping soothe the stomach. And so they would use the peppermint, not realizing that it could actually make some of their symptoms worse. So that's why we want to do our due diligence. If you're feeling congested, sometimes just the scent of peppermint oil can help with your congestion. And so I have a bottle of peppermint essential oil. And so if I'm starting to feel congested, then I will just smell the oil. But 
make sure that you don't, when you're smelling it, accidentally get it on your nose or your face because peppermint essential oil on the skin is very, very strong and it will sting and can actually burn. So keep, you want to, um, don't ever want to put it undiluted on the skin. So just so that you're safe and know that. But peppermint is also one of my favorite things to pair with chocolate. And I often use it in baking. And that's the other cool thing about herbs. So and spices, not just herbs, but spices for natural remedies is a lot of times it's things that we already have in our spice cabinet or that we're already using in our cooking. And like I said, I love things that are multifunctional. So if I can use it to make something taste good as far as culinary wise, and then use it medicinally also, I just kind of think it's fabulous. So Peppermint extract at home is something that's super easy to make. It's a great way to use up your herbs and it makes great gifts. And we all know that the holidays are coming and I tend to, as soon as fall hits, it doesn't even have to be that close to Thanksgiving or Christmas. I go into baking mode. There's just something about those shorter days and the cooler weather. I love to bake. So when you're making homemade extracts at home, it takes a little bit of time. You have to let it sit and steep. And so now is the perfect time to get those extracts going in time for your holiday baking and if you want to give it a gift as gifts. And we are going to be doing our homemade Christmas series again this year. So that last year, oh my goodness, there were so many of you that signed up for that. And I was so excited. I had so much fun. And so we're doing it again this year. So it's going to be eight weeks. It's going to be starting in October and it's a homemade Christmas series. And if you click on the peppermint extract at home link in the show notes, that will take you to the post and there's a sign up there. So you can get yourself signed up. So as soon as we get geared up with all of our lists and our projects and all this stuff, really cool ideas, you will get those delivered straight to your inbox. So number five on our list of herbs, and this one is licorice root. So I will be the first to tell you, I cannot stand licorice candy. So, you know, the black licorice um, jelly beans and black licorice, like the rope licorice. (laughs) I don't like them at all. And mainly it's because I don't really like the flavor of anise and I'm kind of funky. I don't like the flavor of cloves because the cloves reminds me of anise and then reminds me of that black licorice candy, which I think is gross. Now, I've noticed that you love black licorice or you don't. I don't really see too many people that go that are just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's kind of one of those things you hate it or you love it. But I just found this out actually as I was researching this article and this podcast to do for you guys that a lot of licorice candy is actually not flavored with licorice root, but it's flavored with anise. And that was according to WebMD. And when I learned that, I'm like, well, that makes sense because one of my tea blends, one that I linked to that I really, really like with the echinacea in it, it also has licorice root in it. And I think it tastes fabulous. And so I'm like, okay, again, that's got to be it. So licorice root definitely has its place in your herbal medicine cabinet. And I just want to say that all of the herbs that I am talking about in today's episode are actually herbs that I have and that I use. So these are things that I have that we use, maybe not necessarily always on a weekly basis, but that we, I use quite often and have been using for some period of time. So just wanted to, um, so if you're wondering like, oh, well, I really love this one. Why didn't you mention that one in your top seven? It's probably just because I don't have experience with it yet, or I might not even know about it. So again, go to the comments, give me a shout out if I missed your favorite herb. So licorice root 
is used for a variety of ailments from digestive issues, cold symptoms to helping support adrenal glands and really uh, just a whole list of things. And so I linked to the list um, from the WebMD website because they had a really great list on there. So I linked to that um, for all the different ailments that licorice root has been used for. But licorice root, root excuse me, licorice root, not roost. I One of my chickens was walking by out in the yard right there. Um licorice root should be used with caution and usually only for a short time period. So not an everyday long-term type use and never in really large amounts. And the reason for this is if you have blood pressure issues or potassium issues, liver, heart problems, that kind of a thing, then you probably shouldn't be using licorice root. And so this is one that actually has very specific things on it on when and when you should not use it. So I did a link to all of the different side effects and all of the cautions of using licorice root. So that being said, it is one that I use and I don't have any of those ailments or any of those issues, but um, you should, before you use it, um, take a look at the link um, to the side effects and the cautions of using it on that one. Number six, we are cruising, is sage. So sage is this really pretty silvery green, kind of a soft leaf herb. And it's one of my favorites because it is super easy to grow. It lasts almost year long in my garden, only if it's covered up with a whole bunch of snow. It kind of, obviously I can't reach it if it's covered up with a whole bunch of snow, but even when we have some freezes and um, frost, it still doesn't really kill it. It definitely slows it down. It's not growing as fast, so I don't get as new leaves as often, but it's pretty, pretty resilient um, and hardy to the cold temperatures. So I love that I can harvest it almost year long and it is so tasty. I have to confess, you know, I think I have said that twice. So this might just be confession date for me or something or the confession podcast. Um, is I didn't realize all of the health benefits of sage, though, until I started digging into research for doing this article. So I just love to use sage because I think it tastes great. I use it in my meatloaf, almost any poultry dish, chicken, obviously, turkey. I even like it with pork, soups, stews. Yeah, sage is just like one of my go-to herbs. Love it. And I, also because I can harvest it, my basil basil is so temperamental. Oh my goodness. The minute it thinks it's going to get cold here, my basil goes away. So I love sage just because I can have access to it. But for health benefits, sage is used to support digestive problems. And hello, like I said, I always use it with my turkey on Thanksgiving. And there's very few of us that don't tend to eat too much at Thanksgiving. Am I right? <laughs> um, and sage also helps support mind and mental performance. In fact... Um, there's an article from WebMD, and I found this fascinating, and it said that sage may help with Alzheimer's disease and menopause symptoms. So I thought that was very, very interesting, and there's a link in that so you can actually go and read the actual data on that um, that they discuss and share. But I thought that was quite fascinating myself. So number seven on our list here of our herbs is chamomile. So this little white flower plant is another common garden plant. It's been around for centuries. Um, it's used to support feeling, feelings of calmness and to aid nervous stomachs. And many people enjoy a cup of chamomile tea at bedtime. And also because of its calming nature, kind of similar to the uh, calendula and lavender, it has also been used on the skin. 
And I just happen to think it's charming in the wooden planters that flank my front porch where we come in and out. It grows up and they're fairly, at least the variety that I have, is fairly small little white flowers. And it kind of reminds you of like a miniature daisy. So it has the little white petals on the outside and then the little gold yellow, yellow center in the flowers. So I just really like chamomile. It has a very old fashioned feel to me. And I just think, again, it's pretty. That's why it's in one of my flower beds as well. But it's also functional, which whoo whoo, love that. So I have to tell you, we have barely dove into the pool of herbal use. There are so many plants that you can use and herbs for just so many different things. But I really felt that these seven herbs were a great place to start. And they kind of go over um, a large, you know, they can be used for many different ailments. So they'll cover a a large amount of things. But no worries because we're going to be diving further into how to prepare and use herbs um, in part two of this series. And I have a feeling that this is going to evolve in probably more than even a part two. It'll probably end up being a longer series than that because this is one of the areas where I want to learn more. I feel like I have um, some knowledge on this, obviously, because I'm sharing and talking with you about this, but I do not consider myself an herbal expert by any means. So I want to go further with it and I hope that you come with me because I really want to learn more about it and use it more and just really get more experience and knowledge in this area so that I can feel really confident in using it, especially, you know, with the, you know, with the healthcare system and being prepared and just stepping back and making sure that we preserve all of the knowledge, all this herbal knowledge that our great grandparents and even grandparents further back knew so that it doesn't get lost in today's modern world. I think that's really important to preserve things. So if you want to know more about which herbs to use for specific ailments and how to prepare them like our great-grandparents, then you are going to want to check out this eight-week Herbal Natural Home Remedies course. I have watched the first three lessons already, and I really, what I really like about it is how it addresses when it's time to seek professional medical help. Because, you know, like I said, I'm all about balancing and marrying our modern medicine system with the natural holistic remedies. So... I really like that it gives tips on if you've had these symptoms for this long or if your symptoms are doing this and this and this, this is when it's time to go see a professional medical person. So I really appreciate that about the course. And like I said, I'm only on lesson three and I feel like I have learned so much already that I didn't know. And a lot of it is seriously, you guys, it's in our fridge already, you know, ginger, onion, garlic, honey, which if you did not catch, I have um, the blog post up on natural remedies that you can use at home that actually work. And so we, I talk about ginger and honey and there were some other ones. So I will put a link to that in the show notes. You'll totally want to catch that one. It's got some great stuff in there. And in the reader comments, you guys added some great ones, great tips in there as well. So for the eight week natural home remedies course right now, it is 72% off. So it makes it very affordable. And I don't know how long that it will be 72% off. So um, I'm an affiliate for it. And so you'll want to make sure that you go to the show notes for this episode, um, number 67, and grab the link to that and go and check that out while it's 72% off because that's huge savings. And like I said, I honestly, I do not know how long it will be at that deep discount. Hey guys, it has been a while since I have done our verse of the week. 
And so I don't want to get away from that. I don't want to let it fall by the wayside. I know a lot of you um, email and comment to me that you really enjoy the rest of the week. And I love that because as much as I am a modern homesteading, self-sufficiency, preparedness, natural living um, advocate, there is nothing that erases or that is more important that I feel than our faith walk with Jesus. So I realize that all of you listening might not be Christians or that kind of a thing, but I really appreciate all of you who say that you appreciate this part of the podcast. So I want to make sure that I bring that back. So this week I have been reading a lot in Hebrews and one of the verses that really stood out to me, in fact, I underlined it in my Bible and I just kind of sat and really pondered it for a while. And that is, Hebrews chapter 9 and it's verse 14 and it says how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God and I just kind of sat and unpacked that for a while and really took to heart what that meant so to cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not always do what I wish that I would do. I don't always act as godly as I wish that I would. I many times do things that later I wish that I hadn't. And there sometimes there's things in our past. It might not even be, you know, current things that we've done or feel that we've messed up on. But sometimes there's things deep hidden in our past that people who know us now wouldn't know about or things that we haven't ever shared with anybody. And sometimes those can rear their heads in our walk and in our life and really weigh us down. And they can make us doubt who we are in Christ or who we are as a person and make us feel that we're not good enough. And so when I read this verse, it just reminded me that That's why Christ died for us, because he knew that we were not perfect. He knew that we were going to do things in life. He knew that sin was in this world and that we were going to sin. Not one of us has not sinned. And he died for us so that our consciences could be cleansed from things that lead to death. So and so that we could then go forward and get rid of those and serve God without the weight of our past and without the weight of our sin and the weight of all the bad things weighing us down. And that's the beauty of salvation and of what he did on the cross. And he died from us and the grace that he offers us, which we can't earn, even if we do happen to do all the right acts. And so I needed my conscience cleared, I guess, I had some things that were weighing on me. And when I read this, it was like sweet freedom, this verse for me. So maybe you're struggling with something from your past, or maybe it's even in your present that you're struggling with. And so just remember that Jesus cleansed you from that, and it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. You have freedom in him. So just go forth and know that. So I hope that that brought you, I hope that that helped somebody. It definitely helped me. And like I said, thank you so much for listening and I can't wait to visit with you next time.